The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. As you've been hearing, Tónis de Michal Martin has announced plans to change the triple lock which prevents Ireland deploying troops overseas without UN approval. Tishuk of Radker has backed the move saying he's never been a fan of the triple lock. Well, joining me in studio to talk about this is Cahal Berry, independent TD for Kildare South and former Army Ranger. Cahal, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, obviously, you can come at this with two hats on, the political hat and the military hat. But first of all, explain to our listeners... What is the triple lock? Yeah, great question. So triple lock is uh, you need three events to happen before Ireland can deploy more than a a dozen troops overseas. So the three events are uh, a government decision, uh, Dáil approval uh, and UN authorisation. That's the current situation as it stands. Now, I haven't seen any proposals to change this, but what the Tánisha did mention in the Dáil chamber yesterday is that it looks like the third lock is going to be modified. So we have the keys to the first two locks here in Dublin, yeah. government and Dublin. I mean, if you don't have support in the chamber for sending our troops overseas, the Doyle can say no. Absolutely. And that's um, the end of it. And the proposal appears to be that the third lock, there's going to be a, a number of keys given out. So the UN will have a key, perhaps the EU might have a key, the African Union, and maybe even a host nation country in difficulty. So th- these kind of organisations are, they're, I guess they're listed in Chapter 8 of the United Nations Charter. So it's not a new thing. And I think, to be fair to the Irish state, we don't really want to change it, but the paralysis and the dysfunction in the UN at the moment has forced so us into this. You're saying that we might give out a, a selection of keys to these different organisations. Um The UN, are you saying the General Assembly rather than the Security Council? Is that the key where we land the key? Because if you give it to the UN, we're still in exactly the same position that the the triple lock had us in. Yeah, so the the key is, the sole key at the moment for the third lock is with the UN. So the proposal, I understand, is that they they will continue to have the key and they can authorise and that would be the the preferable situation. But identical keys would be given to other regional organisations around the world as well, that if the UN can't come to a decision for political reasons, then other responsibilities responsible organisations around the world could do the same. Okay, so it's to get us round the business of you've got a a country in dire straits that badly needs peacekeeping. Uh, The Security Council says no because China doesn't like it or Russia doesn't like it or France doesn't like it or the UK doesn't like it or America doesn't like it. So there you are and you want to help. So if it's in Africa, the African Union uh, can authorise it. But why would we give anyone a key? I mean, it's us. We are sovereign uh, and we are entitled to, you know, we have our own Doyle uh, and our own government of the day who can make a a decision. We go or we don't. I agree entirely with you, Pat. Um, So the the triple lock in Ireland is highly unusual. I don't know of any other country in the world that has it. We seem to have tied ourselves up in knots. Now, how did it come about? So it started in 1960 because Ireland joined the United Nations a few years before that. But 1960 was an epiphany moment, really. We deployed 1,300 troops to the Congo yeah. um, in 1960. They went uh, initially as peacekeepers, but really what they were doing was, was war fighting there. We got a lot, of, a lot of casualties over there. And the Triple Act was brought in to ensure that Dublin had a veto over where New York would task our troops to go. So initially it was to protect our troops and give Dublin the veto. But as time progressed, the veto started to transfer across the Atlantic and now New York has a veto on where Dublin would like to send its troops, which is kind of a ridiculous situation. Okay, so the idea was that the Doyle 
and the government would have uh, their vetoes if uh, it was decided in any theatre, uh, this is where we want this United Peace, uh, Nations Peacekeeping Force to go or whatever its designation. And we would say, no, we're not going in there for, for reasons. So we always had that. The, the Doyle and uh, the government locks are there. If the government said no, if the Doyle said no, didn't happen. And that's, that's completely appropriate. That's the way it yeah, exactly and that's the way it should be. But then this idea that the Russians or the Chinese or whatever, uh, and I, I heard um, the co-chair of the uh, anti-war movement this morning on our breakfast uh, show uh, suggesting this is the world order uh, and therefore it is appropriate to have the triple lock. And I, I'm thinking, why would you ever hand over... Uh, that kind of authority to any third party. Yeah, and just to be clear as well, though, the, the third lock, the UN key of the third lock is very important. You cannot wear a blue beret or you cannot wear a blue helmet unless UN has authorised that operation. So it's important that the, the triple lock is there. That, that's normal to wear a, a blue-hatted operation. But what's being proposed now is none blue beret operation. So say for example the United Nations, they don't have a standing army. It may be required to deploy troops mm. in the initial phases of a conflict to try and stop it from, from spreading, stop it from getting worse and then the UN troops could follow on thereafter. Are, are you saying that uh, the triple lock which we have at the moment uh, that it could still operate, that we say we, 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 we want to go in there and uh, whereas one party in the Security Council say, we don't want the Irish in there, we don't like their history in Malawi, or we don't like their history in Lebanon, or we don't like their history, so they're not going in. Um, then we still couldn't go in, even if we wanted to go in, because we couldn't go in with the with the Blue Beret. Yes, yeah, so, so I mean, host nation support is an absolute precondition. Um, so, for example, let's just take a country, Chad. We were in Chad about 15 years ago. If Chad said we don't like the Irish for whatever reason, then Ireland wouldn't go. But I, I definitely take your point. So currently as it stands, the, the, the five permanent members of the Security Council have an effective veto over Ireland's deploying more than a dozen troops anywhere in the world. So that doesn't sit easily with me. Um, three of those nations are NATO nations. Um, one of them is our former colonial masters. And as a proud Irishman myself, I don't see why we should knock on the door of number 10 Downing Street to ask for permission. They don't come to us looking for permission to deploy their troops. Why should we voluntarily uh, give yeah. them that authority over us? And the other two countries are two authoritarian states. And if you want China, for instance, or, or Russia to... Uh, I suppose, approve a resolution at the UN that Ireland might like. China and Russia could be very, very, uh, very, very easily say, that's no problem, Ireland, we'll do that. But we'd like you to support our resolution next week on Tibet or, or Taiwan as a quid pro quo. And that's how international relations happen. I don't see why Ireland should be um, surrendering that sovereignty for, for no good reason. OK, we could therefore, though, still be stopped by the Security Council if they decided uh, to, to veto a particular operation, but would they have the power to veto one country's participation? Absolutely, uh, in a Blue Beret mission. Absolutely. So they give the go-ahead to a Blue Beret mission to Argentina, for example, but they say we don't want the Irish in there. Could they do that? In other words, allow the Blue Beret to go, but still single out a, a, an individual country saying, no, we don't want them in there. Could they do that? So, so that wouldn't really happen at the United Nations level. So United Nations Security Council would give a mandate, a legal um, permission, basically. And then the force generation process kicks in. So the force generation is that the, the, the Department of United Nations Peacekeeping Operations would put out a, a feeler saying, listen, we'd like to get a number of nations to go to a yeah. particular country. And then if the country is suitable they'd be selected at a lower level okay, of security but, council. but the security council would have finished its business they couldn't then Absolutely. suddenly say don't like the Irish going there um, we have mandated a blue beret operation 
but we don't want th- those paddies in there. So um, the, could the, they veto them? At that point, um, I suppose in theory it's possible, but they wouldn't really get involved in the weeds and the, the granular detail. They leave that up to the, to the staff officers in the Department of Peacekeeping Operations. Okay, so it's more complicated than at first sight. The idea of the triple lock, which um, was kind of, I don't know, the, the suggestion was given that maybe it was if we got some rogue government. And who knows when you look at what's happening in the Netherlands and in other countries around the world, you get some mad. Egypt's running the country um, and the United Nations at the end of the day would be the last bastion saying we're not having those mad Egypt's in this particular operation. Um, That's how it was originally constructed, but it's much more subtle. Yeah, so, so I should say that the triple lock was completely appropriate from 1960 to 2002 because it only referred to the Blue Bray missions. But in 2002, it was extended to all Irish Defence Force deployments. So from 2002, we looked at this and went, wow, so we can legally send the Army soccer team to France because there's only 11 of them. But we can't send the Army rugby team to France because there's 15 of them. So it was a ridiculous situation. So in 2006, they came up with a number of eight exemptions basically and there's a number of exemptions in the Defence Act 2006 and for instance now we can send people abroad for training uh, for ceremonial duties um, or for adventure training or or stuff like that and that's the way it should be so where do we go from here we have a number of options first of all we'd like to see the proposals from the Department of Defence that'd be a couple of months coming through Um, and then as those proposals are pushed through both houses of the Oireachtas they can be amended they can be approved and hopefully we'll come up with a consensus proposal at the end yeah. Um, some of the comments coming through. The third lock for peacekeeping is totally unnecessary now, says uh, Dahi. Another one asks, did we invent this triple lock thing or was it a UN creation? That's from Colin. So both of those answers are correct. It is an absolute mandatory requirement. If a UN mission, Blue Beret, wants to deploy, you can't deploy a UN uh, mission without UN authorization. What's different is, however, if the UN are not deploying and a regional organisation is going um, what's being proposed now is that regional organisation could approve it rather than the UN. Big context, oh, okay. Um, so that means that you're going without, if you like, the umbrella of the UN. Uh, another one from Dex says, take the UN out of the equation and you're left vulnerable. You know, what colour beret are you going into some uh, war-torn country and you're trying to peacekeep, but you don't have the, the protection such as it is yeah. of the blue helmet or the blue beret. So I suppose I was in that situation myself in 2008. Um, so there was a major Darfurian refugee problem and Ireland deployed about 100 troops initially under a, a, an EU umbrella. So we deployed with our black beret or our black Irish beret and then about a year later then follow-on forces in, in UN berets followed on. So I, mean, I suppose the key thing is that we try and get troops to where they're needed most as quickly as possible to stabilise the situation. Now, we have the option of just ignoring it and yeah. allowing a, a conflict explode, allow um, neighbouring countries to be destabilised and allow for mass migration of, of refugees to, to Europe and beyond. Mm-hmm. So that option is there, but I don't think that's palatable from Ireland's point of view either. An intriguing uh, comment here from Chris. As this was put in place to allow for the second running of the Nice referendum, does it mean that the Nice referendum would have to be rerun? So... What, the, the, what that texter is referring to is the Seville Declaration, which was in 2002, which extended the triple act to all Defence Force deployments um, above 12 people. But that was rescinded and superseded by what's called the Lisbon Protocol in 2009. So you remember the Nice Treaty was voted down at the first iteration in 2001. Um, similarly, 
um, in 2009, the Lisbon uh, the Lisbon Treaty was voted down as well. So that was there was an explanatory note provided then called the Lisbon Protocol, um, and that's available on the internet if anyone wants to check it out. And there's no mention of the Triple Lock on that. And the reason why it's not mentioned there, um, it was already enshrined and codified in the Defence Act in 2006. So to answer that Texas question, it's, mm-hmm. it's not really relevant anymore because the Seville Declaration has been superseded. What's the mood in the House, do you think, generally about the getting rid of this third leg of the Triple Lock? So, so the mood is, as usual, split along party lines. There are, there are some people who have sincerely held views in relation to that, but there's a lot of tribal politics in most parliaments these days. So uh, I'd say the mood will, will, will probably align itself with party politics, that the government side would be in favour of amending it and the vast majority of the opposition deputies will be um, in favour of the status quo. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I heard Shane Coleman make reference this morning saying, uh, you know, Sinn Féin uh, being in favour of maintaining the triple lock uh, it's a far cry from Brits out giving Downing Street control over what Irish troops do. Yeah, absolutely. It, it seems like a bit of a uh, incongruity there and it's something that wouldn't sit easily with me. I mean, we're not a colony anymore. We shouldn't conduct our business as though we're a, a colony. We're a sovereign, independent country and we should conduct our business uh, in the same manner. Cahal Berry, uh, independent TD for Kildare South and former Army Ranger. Cahal, thank you very much for throwing light on uh, you know a somewhat... A less obvious aspect of uh, this whole debate. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.